Welcome back to the Stickers and Scuffs podcast, and we are welcoming back Chantel Kalika, who's joining us all the way from her, I guess, her workplace, right? <laughs> yeah. Um, <laughs> and let's just remind, how far is this connection right now? Where are you? I'm in Prince Albert, Saskatchewan, which is about 3,300 uh, kilometers from you guys. Whew. Yeah. <laughs> and, and you made the travel all the and way. And a two-hour time difference. So I'm at work and difference. you guys are at home. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, so we were lucky enough to, to have Chantel at the racetrack at Sunset Speedway. Uh, Chantel, it was your very first time at Sunset. So got to ask, what did you think about the track? Uh, you know what? I, I really liked it, actually. Um I have raced Saskatoon, uh, Edmonton, and then also at Jucasa. Um, so this kind of was a fit in between Saskatoon and Edmonton. Uh, didn't really know exactly what to kind of expect, um, but watched some video and highlights and stuff like that before going. Um, but I mean, you can watch as much as you want, but until you're actually there and actually on the track, uh, it's a completely different thing. So um, yeah, no, as far as like the experience and stuff, uh, really, really liked it. I've never actually had it where I've accessed the track from the back stretch. Um, come <laughs> around and then looped off um and also never had it where we've practiced and the team and the crew and stuff like that are on the outside and we're on the inside so um, just a few different things and i mean it's really exciting to see how different facilities work and stuff like that Chantel, one of the things that we wanted to be able to experience this year was was having a logo on a car because mm -hmm. that what it does is it gives you kind of a bit of an even though we're not sponsoring per se it gave an experience that I don't think any of us have ever understood before. Obviously, as a driver, you're out there, you're representing the sponsor, so you know what that's like. Mm -hmm. But to have a logo on the car, you know, what we wanted to, to tell people is the experience is completely different, even yeah. if you're not investing the money. And I've typically when I watch a race, I don't really go for one people or two people, but you and Larry, it was like every lap we were like, yeah, <laughs> yeah. You know, uh, every that's why we couldn't talk. Pass, we were standing up screaming and hollering and um, the people besides thought we were crazy, but that's, yeah, they probably hated us by the yeah, end. They, of the night. I think it, you know what? I hear that a lot too, actually. Like I, we have, I have friends that um, come and watch or coworkers that come and watch and that kind of stuff. And a lot of them say the same thing where it's like, you know what? I would never watch racing on TV. I would never go to an event ever. Um, but actually having somebody and having some kind of connection um, makes you kind of go a little bit closer and cheer harder and that kind of thing and, and follow along better. Um, and who knows, maybe sometimes too, those people that come to the track or those people that invest and and you know get onto the car and, and sponsor and that kind of thing they become lifelong fans right um and so it's a definitely a huge way to be able to grow the sport um and then get awareness out there of of everything and every company and that kind of stuff so yeah no i'm super happy that we were able to have that on for you guys and um i think you guys had a lot of first you even had a shout out on tsn and stuff like that nah. so, um <laughs> so the whole weekend was just mind-blowing which is awesome well oh my god it was the, the fact that um, 
it started essentially with the fact that you were actually going to be at the race because we were kind of like, uh, you know, we were hoping, hoping, hoping. And then it just kind of, you know, what happened that you were able to get out to the track. It's a long track. So can we, can we just kind of go through kind of the procedure for what it you took? To, <laughs> to get to yeah, something and um... to get all that way and the weather being the way it was. <laughs> yeah. Well, so when we were looking at the, well, I guess, I got the call the Saturday before the race. Um, so we raced on the Sunday, the Saturday prior to that, I got the call, um, that Sunday, uh, looking at flights and what our options are and that kind of stuff, um, with COVID it put another element into, um, prices of things, right. So getting car rentals and stuff like that. So that was a little bit tricky. Um, but for us, we ended up flying out on Saturday. Um, we were supposed to get to Toronto actually at 3 PM and we, so we woke up Saskatchewan time. So to our time difference than Ontario. Um, woke up at 3 a.m left home got to the airport in Saskatoon because we're an hour and a half away from the closest airport um, we then flew to Calgary um, we ended up having four hours worth of delays um, oh. and just ended up that yeah so we ended up not getting to Sask or to Ontario uh, and getting our car rental until like seven o'clock at night um, oh Toronto to where the shop was was about a two-hour drive <laughs> Uh, so we didn't get to the shop until I think it was like quarter after nine, um, oh my got my car, got the car, um, fitted. So the seat, uh, prepped mm -hmm. and then that kind of thing. I, I couldn't reach the pedals. Uh, I went to hit foot full throttle on the gas and my foot, foot fell off cause I couldn't reach. So I'm happy that we went to the shop obviously, but, um, yeah. you know, we didn't leave there till I think it was like 1130 and then finally got to our hotel in Barrie, um, at two 30 in the morning, uh, went to bed at like three o'clock and ended up getting up at six 30 and going to the track. So, um, oh, oh my God. huge, huge, like whirlwind of like getting places and like, yeah. And I think that that's always the thing, any racer that you will ever ask, it's always, everything is last minute and everything is late nights and early mornings. <laughs> <laughs> I want, no matter what we do in the off season or how prepared you think you are, there's always the late nights and the early mornings and something still is off <laughs> wow. at the track. <laughs> well, the fact that you were out, out in the, the garage at 10, you know, when I, when I got there at 10 45 mm. and I could not tell you didn't even have a coffee in your hand. So <laughs> um, that's remarkable. Obviously when you're going to go out for practice, your, your adrenaline starts pumping. You get mm -hmm. excited to go. Yep. Right? So you don't even feel how you don't. Yeah. You, you don't yeah. notice how tired you are and stuff like that. <laughs> but you had actually mentioned to me about uh, how the car was in practice and you guys actually had a bit of a struggle mm -hmm. and yet rebounded in the race. So the, the crew obviously put in a ton of work, but did you, you know, I believe the problem was um, throttle sticking. Does mm -hmm. that, does that stay in your mind when you start the race? Like, did we get it fixed? Uh, well, yeah, like, so, I mean, for us, like, I, I, like, this is obviously for some of the viewers, maybe they didn't watch the race or whatever, but, mm -hmm. um, I mean, you're going in for myself, you don't know the track, you don't know the car, you don't know what the setup is that they have in it. Um, you're, you know, you have that conversation with the crew chief ahead of time to kind of explain this is my driving style and that kind of mm -hmm. stuff. But I mean, you still don't know what to expect. So with sunset, we ended up having a 30 minute um, practice and that was it. And that's not that much time, but when you no. can only have 10 cars on the track at a time, and I think you were limited to 10 laps, I believe it was, oh, okay. um, 
And so anyways, I didn't have a clue. Our radios weren't working. Um, so I could hear my spotter, but I couldn't hear the crew chief. I couldn't, they couldn't hear me. So I couldn't talk back to them. So we had all that going on, but it was like, you know what, we just need to get out on the track and we need to get some time. And initially when I got in the car, I was like, you know, it's, it seems to be revving really high, but maybe that's just how they said it. Okay. Let's see what we got. Let's get out on the track, shake some things down and actually just see what it's like. And then, yeah, the throttle was sticking, um, which at a small track, you don't know really kind of what to expect and, and where your breaking points and stuff like that are. So you're trying to figure everything out. A new car again, too. You're trying to make sure that your gauges are all correct. You got your oil pressure, you got your temperatures co- correct and stuff like that. So there was so much that was going on and we came in, they worked on it. Um, they thought they got it fixed. We went back out. We didn't. Um, again, at that point, we still have no radios. So my spotter is up top. We're waiting to go out again. And you couldn't tell until you actually got past. It, it didn't stick until I got to about 3,500 RPM. So when you're in the pits, you don't notice that, right? Yeah. Um, so then when I would go out, um, got back out on the track. And it was funny because my spotter was my dad. Um, ah. And he comes on the radio and he goes, you're just really hot high and one and two like I need you to get down in the middle of the corner <laughs> and all I'm thinking is I'm revving at 5,000 rpm I'm just <laughs> bracing myself to get around this corner and I'm doing all I can do but yes I got you so again in the essence of you know not wasting any time try to waste any time and you only get your 10 laps and then you got such a limited time for practice uh, I wanted to try to be out on the track as much as I could to get a feel for it and so um, I actually was going into the corner breaking um, pulling up on the throttle um, going rolling through the corner and then getting back on the throttle Um, so just adjustments that you have to make as a driver um, in order to kind of get that done at no point did I ever think you know oh my gosh I'm going to go into the wall I mean obviously I'm still going to be safety first but um you know it's still trying to keep your mind around it and then worry about other people that are around you and all that kind of stuff so we ended up it's after practice um you go qualifying so the guys worked on it again they thought they got it fixed and all you're doing is just praying that it's fixed Mm -hmm. um, because all you have is your two laps of qualifying to see did they actually get it fixed um so we had no clue um from a setup standpoint we were just trying to get the radios fixed up the throttle sticking um that kind of stuff and then do a little possible adjustments to the car um to be able to get it set up so you know, you go out for, for qualifying and you really have no clue what you have. Um, and that showed with our time, our qualifying Mm -hmm. time. I mean, obviously we would have loved to have done better. Um, but at that point you, you take what you can. And that's where we had the goal going into the race of, you know, we're going to use that first 125 to know what we've got and figure out what we've got set up wise and need to get comfortable. And as everybody knows, when you have a back to back 125 like that, you have to preserve the car. Um, and as we saw, there are some people that can't make it to the next race. So, um, you know, picking away and taking what we can, uh, was, was of essence and in, in pr- protecting the car. Yeah. You touched on there. That was an amazing recount of your day. In, yeah. in such a, <laughs> Sorry, I'm uh, long winded. No, but that, it was amazing. <laughs> like, um, like you said, you had your share of overcoming like ad- adverse things during the mm-hmm. day. Um, like the mechanical issues, the radio issues, uh, but having, the veteran mindset that you do have, I mean, you could have just went in there uh, with pressure to perform and just overcooked yeah. it into a corner and wadded the car up into a corner, yeah. but knowing that just uh, the, the seat of the pants feel doesn't quite feel right. And, um, mm-hmm. and then just surviving not one, but like the first race, like you said, trying to um, survive 
and and move on to the second race. Not everybody mm. had that mentality by the look <laughs> of it in the first race, but you survived not one but two chaotic races and came away with it with a career best finish. Mm. So I mean, you talk about in in one day, which was a very very long day, and was almost basically two or three by the time you got back home. <laughs> long days, um, man. You had a real roller coaster of of events. <laughs> mm-hmm. It's a lot for sure. Um, but I mean, like, like you say, I, I don't think that everybody maybe has that mindset. Um, and the world is made up of different people, which is great. Um, and you know, for myself, um, I like to be able to have a smart head like that. Um, I'm not saying that I don't want to go out there. Everybody wants to win. Everybody wants to do good, all that kind of stuff. And, and uh, for sure I do too. You know, I have won championships at my local track and stuff like that. Um, I'll mm-hmm. be aggressive. I'll make the moves when I need to, um, you know, and you but, did. yeah. <laughs> yeah. And, and, and that's kind of, you know, that's the type of racer that I've, I've become. And, and I pride <laughs> myself a lot as well on having the respect of the racers. Um, and that was a lot of the stuff that was talked to me after the race. Um, was, you know, different people coming up to me and how I gain respect from the leaders and how, you know, I still race hard. Um, but at the time of, I'm not going to ruin their night, um, or, or get in their way, but I'm also going to fight for my positions. I'm going to take what's mine. Um, you know, I'm not going to roll over. I'm, I'm never going to be that person, but at the end of the day, I also have to have a smart head. Um, we mm-hmm. don't have a spare car out here. So a lot of the drivers that are out East, um, a lot of the highly funded racers, they, they have those spare cars. They have the extras, um, that are available. We don't have that. So I've got one car here at home. Um, Um, And so I've had to have that mentality of, you know, being a smart, smart racer, but actually a good racer too. And and I think that's where I've come and gotten so good over the years um, to, to be able to get to this point. So um, I I think it just speaks to character as, as well as um, the type of racer that you are too. That's right. And you mentioned your dad also uh, being (laughs) in your ear. Yeah. He can be, is he, he's definitely a motivator. He has to be a cheerleader. Does Mm -hmm. he, does he talk you down off an, a ledge sometimes or does he fire up and tell you, Hey, go out, get after that. Or I guess to be a bit of both on a case by case basis. Right. Yeah. You know, I've had a couple of spotters, um, over the years and I mean, I'm nothing against different spotters. I think that there's a different level though, when it is your dad, um, you know, mm-hmm. if, if he wants to tell me something and push me, I'm going to do it or vice versa. You know, I can have that maybe where I give him shit. Uh, and yeah. you know, you kind of, yeah. you, you get over it quicker or, or whatever. Right. Or yeah. you can but be a little bit more aggressive. In what there, you right? Yeah. And he spots for me when I'm at home. And so having him come to this race was a huge confidence factor. Right. Um, nice. where if he says you're clear, I know I'm clear just like that. And I'm not double checking a mirror or anything like that. And you don't have time to do that. So, um, there was a huge confidence factor that came with him coming and yeah, he definitely is a huge push for me. Um, you know, when you get into some of those long runs and you've got no brush pressure from behind, but you're also trying to reach up to get up to the guy in front of you. I mean, you need somebody in your ear saying, don't roll over. Okay. I need you to keep digging here. I need you to go mm-hmm. get them. And he is that like, he is an amazing spotter. Um, and I'm super lucky to have him come on all of these crazy adventures. <laughs> so cool. Yeah. This, th- one of the things that we had talked about while we were, we did our post race and while we were at the races was the competition level was one of the best yeah. I have ever seen. And yeah. we've, we've been watching, I mean, Pinty's, I mean, I've been watching since 2003 and there was a huge drop-off for many years where cars mm-hmm. were just not, 
there would be cars that would be multiple laps down. Mm -hmm. This was not the case at Sunset Speedway. It Mm -hmm. could have been because of course the race distance was, was shorter, but you know, on the lead lap for both races, one spot away from a top 10 finish, uh, almost, almost that last last corner spin. If uh, somebody just kind of moved the wrong, a different way, it would have been different. But um, did you find that making your way through the field was, was it your chore to do, or did you just kind of let everybody else take each other out? Because it kind of seemed like a methodical approach from you. you. You kind of battled with people at the back of the field, you know, got your way up, made it up to the, I believe one of the restarts, you were in the top 10. And, um, but did you kind of let that chaos take over? Cause you could see it coming. Um, (laughs) Yeah. I mean, I always, I referred back to it too, multiple times, you know, the, the uh, field was a stout field on Saturday Mm -hmm. when we raced in sunset. I mean, there was so many big names. Um, and you know what, there's always the same thing with the first race of the year, everybody is ready to go giver and, you know, maybe not the clearest heads and we all got something to prove. And, and, and again, I just, I think that that goes back to myself. I, I am a cautious racer, but I am also a good racer. And I, I think that I'm a good racer. And, um, you know, I'm never going to, if a spot opens up, I'm, I'm going to get in there and I'm going to do everything that I can to get in there. But at the end of the day, I'm also not going to spin. Um, you know, I'm, I'm going to try my best to make smart moves. Um, and I'm going to take what I can. Um, but I'm also not going to, I'd rather take two laps to pass somebody than just bonsai it in there. And that's just the type of racer that I am. Um, that's not to say I ain't going to hit you in the butt. I mean, I, I hit into the 61 and got him loose yes, there a couple did. times and uh, busted up his bumper a little bit. So I, yep. I went off to him and I said, we Hey, I got to you there. But, um, you know, at that point, um, you know, if I've got the position or I'm, I'm there kind of thing, those are the types mm-hmm. of things that happen. And I'm not going to apologize um, for, for that kind of stuff. But, mm-hmm. um, you know, if I, if I maybe got on it a little bit too hot, maybe that is me. But, um, yeah, I think for myself, um, it is one of those things where, um, I'm not going to go and try to race the the leaders and, and wreck their night. Uh, if they're battling, I'm going to let them battle. Um, but at the end of the day too, if I can fight to stay on the lead and get the lucky dog, then I'm going to. And, and that was a lot of the part of what happened in that sunset race. Um, you know, you, you constantly knew who you were battling and where you needed to be. And that's how you make smart moves. And that's how you can make it through these races and survive. You're watching. And it's not always just about how fast you can go. It is yes. about the whole package. Yes. Can you make the moves? Can you miss the accidents? Can you survive with your equipment? Can you can you make the smart choices in order to be there at the end? And that that I think a lot of people forget about that, to be truthfully honest with you. And I think that racing has gone the opposite way from that being the case. You know, um, we're all at there. We're all athletes. But um, at the end of the day, if you just go and you punter into the wall then you're not there either so then then what do you have going on for you that's exactly what i was just gonna say (laughs) it's and it at like i said your veteran mindset where like and 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 perhaps like your your small team mindset where Mm -hmm. you don't have a fleet of cars to fall back on if you do wad it up so you maybe like or the funding to to be able to go and just buy all the parts and it's okay i'll just pay money and fix it it's not a big deal um you know i've worked on the cars all the work that we do to our local cars and stuff is all on on my dad and i so Mm -hmm. um i'm there putting that blood sweat and tears in there and i think then that gives you another sense of of I guess ownership when you're actually behind the wheel too. Right? Yeah. Um, that you're not, you just have gonna, a vested interest in you do. every yeah. level of the car. Yeah. 
And yeah. I believe, honestly, you guys, I mean, I believe that that is part of the reason why I got the call from Jim Bray. I mean, you know, Jim obviously has a lot of, um, background in racing and a lot that comes yeah. with him and he's he's very well known and I mean I think at the end of the day like part of the reason why I was chosen was because of the factor that he knows that I'm that kind of racer um and and I mean to make it through 250 laps with just a couple donuts on the car and that's it I mean okay you put one some really well on placed one yes <laughs> I mean she probably you probably did that on purpose right? yeah oh yeah, yeah. totally yeah. totally <laughs> We want to start like, and you know, what's funny is that I think Larry had one exact, this, it, oh, right really? Right around <laughs> similar. Yeah. Yeah. We just so. said, we got to get these for the boys. <laughs> <laughs> now we just, decide, we just get the side of the car now. Then we're, we've got something to put on. Chantel, <laughs> um, obviously, the Penny Series is continuing this weekend at Trois Rivières. Yep. Um, your schedule for the rest of this year, are you going to be racing out of Saskatchewan? Are you going to go to Edmonton? Uh, I think you said your track, your track was, was it your, your track that was no, closed? We're, we're open. Um, yeah. yeah, we're open. We did an event there actually in, uh, June. Mm-hmm. Um, we have another one planned for August, um, as well as September. So we'll do a couple more locally. Um, cool. that being said, I'm definitely open to options and stuff like that. I mean, um, if something was to come up with the Pinty series, then I'm, I'm definitely, um, going to work to make that happen, um, and have that, that go on. I, I, I truly believe that like, any seat time that you can get in the series is, is good seat time. Um, it's yeah. only going to make me a better driver. Um, and that hopefully I can learn too, you know, from the day events, as well as the tracks and how to become a better driver and all that kind of stuff. Um, especially these cars, like they're not just like the cars that we have at home, the horsepower is different, the tires, everything like that. So, mm-hmm. um, from a handling aspect and, and just learning, um, you can do that only from the car. I, I don't have a simulator at my house. I don't have any of that kind of stuff. So my practice is in the car and most times it's from the races. I, that was another thing that I always learned. Um, and I, I think you know it always helped me become a better racer around people as well is we never rented the track and just had me out there um my my practice wow. was on race days um and that was I remember starting my career my racing career um I was my dad told me I had to start at the back um and that I would work my way up and that's how I would gain respect and that's how I would learn to drive around other people um and and actually race with other people and so I didn't become the person that could just you know do a good fast lap and, and not be able to race. And so I think that that's just all melded me into the type of racer that I am today. Um, but yeah, so <laughs> any seat time is good seat time. And I, I definitely wouldn't uh, pass up an opportunity if it showed up. <laughs> well, you know that you've got uh, huge supporters here with the stickers and scuffs podcast. Obviously the bun sons are two of your biggest supporters. <laughs> we are as well. We want to get, um, as we've kind of, we've talked about more women in motorsports mm-hmm. full-time, uh, female on the grid would be awesome. I think the amount of the amount of young girls that are at the racetrack um, actually surprises me. Um, as mm-hmm. as somebody who grew up um, going to the races, it, it just wasn't a thing for many years. Now it yes. is. <laughs> so there's plenty. There's plenty of companies out there. I know that would be perfect fits um, for Chantel. Mm-hmm. So obviously, especially a driver that'll bring the car home in one piece. So <laughs> exactly. <laughs> and and you know, I wrecked my fair share of race cars, but I. <laughs> No, 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 no. Yeah, I guess you, but I mean, you can't make an omelet without breaking a few eggs. There but I you mean, go. <laughs> uh, uh, your your racing resume uh, speaks for itself. I mean, you're uh, you're a smart racer. You're a championship caliber driver. Um, you're you're not afraid to get in there and get your hands dirty. Work on the cars, and mm-hmm. I mean that just brings um, 
a little more appreciation to you at, when you're behind the wheel. And uh, I think that all translates into, like you said, um, racing around the, uh, your NASCAR Pinty's peers and your peers at home and earning that respect. So uh, um, yeah, again, uh, on behalf of the boys and myself, uh, thanks for jumping back on with us uh, yeah, at the um, office too. <laughs> yeah, I'm glad that I could, uh, could join you guys and thank you very much for the opportunity. I appreciate it. And I appreciate everything that you guys are doing and trying to grow the series and, um, you know, get awareness and highlight the drivers and different uh, companies and all that kind of stuff. So um, a huge shout out to you guys as well for, for doing that for, for us too. Thank well, you. Well, <laughs> <laughs> uh, not getting choked up here. No, we're going to be professional. Um, we want to see Chantel Kalika back on the track in the NASCAR Penny Series this season. If not, maybe full-time in 2022. Um, there's our, there's options out there, guys. So, you know, if you have a company that is willing to sponsor, um, you know, definitely reach out to Bush Racing uh, on social media. You can also contact us and we will get you in touch with Chantel if, uh, if you want to take that course of action. But we want to thank Chantel Kalika for coming on the Stickers and Scuffs podcast with us. Once again, we will catch you all real soon. <laughs>